What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. When you hear the idea of slowing down, do you feel like, oh yeah, I wish I could do that? Or do you feel like, uh, that's a nice idea, but it's really not for me. Like, I could never do that. It's just not my personality. <laughs> In this episode, I want to talk about this idea of slowing down, living and working at a slower pace. I cannot believe that I'm talking about this topic. The me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, just would have laughed and said, oh, what happened? Did I give up? Like, did I get old and I couldn't cut it anymore and I got tired and I had to slow down? Like, I wouldn't have even been able to fathom why I would want to slow down. And now my perception has completely shifted. And I found that experimenting with slowing down has been hugely nourishing and grounding for me personally, really great for my work to have more depth and richness and has brought up a lot of resistance and issues to work through because my identity was tied up in being a person that could do a lot of stuff and be very productive and multitask and get it all done. That's part of being a high achiever. So I wanna talk about that today, slowing down and high achievers. Is it possible? Should we even try? And share a little bit about my journey making this transition. I'm Amanda Cook. I'm an author, an entrepreneur, and an alchemist, and I'm the host of Alchemy in Action. So thank you so much for coming back and joining me today for another episode to explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I'd love to hear from listeners and hear what's really resonating for you and what topics you'd love me to cover in future episodes. So if you have any thoughts or stories or feedback about this episode or topics that you'd love me to cover in the future, please just send us an email. You can email hello at amandacook.me. But just so you know, anything that you write in your email, we might share in a future podcast. So if you don't want us to do that, please say so in the email. So let's talk about slowing down. Now for me, fast and broad and fiery and creative. It's kind of my natural way of being. So I've always been super curious, very creative. I was a very like smart, just smart kid and always learning and producing, creating things, writing. And I just wanted to know everything. My curiosity was just rabid, right? And I, I think I'm still that way as an adult. So I'm just always researching things and learning and reading and writing and just doing all this stuff, right? And so basically my entire life, I was very fast and multitasking and very productive. And that's 
you know, both a blessing and a curse. So, but in a lot of ways, it's been a real strength. And it's something that still today, my friends and my colleagues will point out just how much I can get done when I actually focus on working. Like I can just produce huge amounts of stuff, which is cool. Like I like that about myself. It's definitely a strength. But I think the problem came when I would just be trying to do like, I'm just trying to do so much all the time. And when you're doing that, you can't ever really go deep on any subject because there's always something else getting your attention. So it can result in being overcommitted or being very much like a scanner, like kind of superficially a generalist, like superficially knowing about a lot of topics, but not going super deep into any of them. Now, I know for the majority of my life, when anyone would tell me to slow down, it really triggered me. (laughs) Like I really hated people telling me to slow down. So I remember as a kid and a teenager, people would tell me repeatedly to talk more slowly because I have a lot of ideas and a lot to say, and I would just talk really fast, I guess. And that used to really bother me. Actually, I would just like basically ignore them and think, oh, this is so bad. I'll just be really honest in this episode. Like I'd just be like, oh, they must be like, they're too old or they're too slow or they can't keep up or whatever. So I have to slow down for them, right? Which is like, whatever. Ah, such a way of a teenager to react. So I remember that I used to be told to slow down talking, but anytime in work or in school when I would be told to slow down and go slower, then I would just, I'd get really frustrated because I always wanted to be moving on to the next thing. So over time, over all of these years, going fast, multitasking, yeah, really being like a generalist and having broad knowledge about a lot of things became a real part of my identity. And in the workplace, for a long time, I was always the one that would volunteer to take on more. Like I could take on more, I could do it. This is before I learned about boundaries um, and learned that actually that there can be strength in setting boundaries and not taking on more, but I didn't know this at the time. So I would like always take on more, like always be willing to try the new thing and do something different and like more, more, more. I think if I look back on that time in my life, which probably ran, I mean, ran into my early thirties, it was really a time of scanning and I loved it. And the urge that I had then was I want to know about everything and I want to have my finger on the pulse and I want to just like if I'm in a conversation and somebody brings up a topic, I want to know about it. Like I'm going to have like general knowledge about a load of stuff. And so I was just I was on top of too much. (laughs) Right. But that's what it really nourished me. I thought I really I'm not saying nourished is I think it didn't nourish me, but it really fed me at that time. Like, that's really what I wanted. I wanted to feel like I was part of the world. I was like, I had my finger on the pulse of everything. I knew about a lot of subjects. Like, I could have a conversation with anybody about anything. Like, I was really competent and intelligent and on top of things. Okay, then there was a seismic shift. And for me, this happened maybe my late 30s, but definitely when I turned 40. And I really felt it at the start of the pandemic, which is kind of funny because the pandemic just kind of pressed this pause button for the entire world. We all came to a stop. And I think that moment gave me time to really 
go within and be like, okay, I'm having these urges to slow down. Like now we all have to slow down. So let's go into that and see what that is. And so the big shift for me has been instead of wanting to scan and be a generalist and know lots about everything, um, now I want to go deep. Like I want to spend my time being focused and going deep and creating great work and spending my time on those things that are in my zone of genius. So not to say I didn't make great work before. I didn't do well in my professional career because I did. But I think there's... It was kind of like, do this thing fast and then move on to the next thing. Whereas I feel like now I'm shifting into this mode where I realize, you know, there's a lot of stuff I could do in the world, but I'm not excellent at all of that stuff. That's not all my zone of genius. There are very few things that are my zone of genius. And let me spend my precious time doing those and going deep and being excellent and really like yeah, really contributing in the way that I can. Now, if you're not familiar with this idea of the zone of genius, I got it from the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Love that book. Um, He talks about these different areas that we live in. There's like the zone of, well, there's like the zone you're not very good in. I feel what that, forget what that's called. And then there's the zone of competence and then, which is the stuff that you're like, okay at, but kind of the same as everybody. The zone of excellence where you're really good at it but you don't necessarily love it. And this is where you can get stuck, where a lot of us get stuck in our careers because we're really good at it, so we keep doing it, but it doesn't really light us up. And then our zone of genius is like that Venn diagram, that intersection between the stuff that we're so excellent at that we really have the skills we could almost be world-class at, and it lights us up. It's aligned with our passion. So what if we could do less and just do the stuff or mainly do the stuff that's in that zone of genius. What a goal to work towards, right? When we're looking at shifting our lives and our work into a way that is more easy and flowing and aligned with the seasons and set up for this next phase of our life. What if over time we could be working towards only doing those things in our zone of genius? That is like incredible, right? What a gift to be able to spend your life doing that. So for me, I've had this huge shift And I wonder if it's age or pandemic or the point in my career that I'm at with different achievements that I've had and I'm just ready for something else. So I'm curious about you. Can you relate to that? Have you, I've actually not talked to anybody about that idea of the scanning versus the going deep um, and seeing if that's, if that's just me or if that's other people as well. But for me, that's definitely what it felt like. So I'm curious for you, have you felt a shift in your life about craving to go deeper? So I think for a high achiever like me, like you, I think it's a really common situation that wanting to do a lot and go fast and be productive and take on more is kind of a way of being. And it can become part of our identity how our ego defines us. Like that is part of who we are. Like I'm productive and I'm the one that can do all the things, right? And that becomes part of your identity. And so then when somebody suggests, well, slowing down and doing less, <gasps> there's like mega resistance because that's, it's attacking this fundamental piece of your identity. And so I think that that, that was a big shift for me is starting to realize that that identity that I had 
was great. It got me to where I am today, but it isn't necessarily how I want to go forward. So when we're slowing down, by definition, we're doing less. We're doing less because we're slowing down. So we just can't fit as many things into the day because we're going more slowly. But could that be okay? So when I say that, when I say, okay, we're going to slow down and we're going to do less. Do you feel any resistance or reaction in your body about that? I mean, what about all that stuff that you're just not going to do, <laughs> right? What's going what's gonna to happen to all that stuff? What are other people going to think? Does any of that come up? Um, let's look at some stereotypes too about slowing down, which I mean, I, man, I had so many beliefs about this, but my previous beliefs, now I think slowing down is like delicious. And I'm like, yes, let's do less. This is amazing. Can we make the same amount or more revenue in our business and do less? Oh my gosh. Yes. I want that. But back in the day, my stereotype about the idea of slowing down or people who were slowing down were unfortunately, well, they're probably getting old. They can't keep up. They can't cut it. They're just a bit slow. Maybe they're not that smart. Oh, I mean, horrible. This is horrible, right? Just terrible stereotypes. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that I thought because my whole outlook on life was fast and multitasking. So what about you? Do you have any, yeah, why, do you, have you had any beliefs or experiences about slowing down that have that negative energy about them like I had? What would make you feel like, oh, I don't really, I don't really want to do that or I can't do that. It's interesting to identify those. A lot of times I found with these stereotypes, just identifying them, calling them out, saying them, you realize, well, that's not true. Did I really believe that? Just shedding some light on these false beliefs can really help them to dissipate. I think if you're interested in slowing down, another good discernment to make is between your ego and your identity and your intuition or your true inner voice. So your ego tends to be the overachieving part, that the perfectionist part, the one that sets crazy goals and is really strict with you or harsh with you and tells you you have to perform at that level and you have to do this. And like, this is what people like you do, or this is how you are. That tends to be your ego. And that I find comes from my brain. It's definitely a thought coming intellectually and it's a little strict and slightly negative. It kind of, my ego kind of has like a tough love approach. Like that wasn't good enough. You need to do better. You know, you can do that. Like driving me to perform better. And you know, that can have great, it can really pay off and work for you. It did for me for many years. I actually, that part of myself is, has helped me achieve a lot of things, but it's not really supportive or nourishing. It doesn't even have necessarily my best interest in mind. It has its ego best interests in mind about being the best and being perfect and achieving more and surpassing your previous performance and all of that. Whereas there's another voice that comes from your chest or your solar plexus or your belly that you might call your intuition or your inner voice or your soul, um, your inner wisdom. And that voice is very powerful in that it is rooted in itself, it's calm and it's quiet and it's steady in its power and it knows what's right for you and it's there and it's always willing to talk to you and guide you. 
but you have to be quiet enough to listen. And that's a lot of what we're talking about here in Alchemy in Action. And what we do in my seasonal journey membership is just helping create a little bit of space, those gaps of quiet, of mindful moments, of real connection, so that we can tune in and hear that intuition or true inner voice. And so when I tune into each of these, my ego is always telling me, well, you can still, you should still write another book and you can still grow this business and you can still like work on these goals and it's still got all these things that it wants me to do. And then I want to do, and I probably will because I enjoy them. That's driving me forward. But then when I get quiet, my intuition, my inner voice is there and it says, slow down and go deeper. Like really do the work that the stuff that's going to leave your legacy, focus on those tasks that are in your zone of genius. Well, let's not even make it that serious to talk about legacy. We can talk about that some other time. But to do those things without looking, you know, to spend time to slow down and really focus on that stuff that that I know is on my true path, even if it's not the quick win, even if it's not the revenue-driven thing for your business, even if it's not the most statusy thing or like most flashy impressive thing that you could be doing, it says, slow down, go deeper, do your real work, right? So that's something to play with with yourself too. If you can sense that difference between what comes from your brain and your ego versus what comes from your inner voice. Okay. So let's say you like this idea of slowing down. You're feeling called to slow down and do less and go deeper. How do you get started? Well, for me, the first step wasn't just slowing down because I had mega resistance to slowing down. It felt a little bit like failure. So instead, I took a different approach, which was to get clear on my zone of genius. So what are my real strengths, my zone of genius? Also to get clear on my values and my priorities. You know, where do I want to spend my time? What, so everyone says we want to make an impact. What does that mean for me? What does legacy look like for me? Where do I really want to be spending this precious time? And once I got clear on those things, values, priorities, strengths, or zones of genius, then it becomes so much easier to let the other things go. And because you're not, you're not torn, you're not saying, well, should I do this or should I do that? Or which one should I let go of? Because suddenly it's all really clear. These are the most important things for me. This is where I want to be spending my time. So everything else just needs to go. And, you know, it can't always just, boom, disappear overnight. It could be something that you're stepping into over time, just like we could step into having most of our work be aligned in our zone of genius. But being really clear on those things suddenly shifts it from feeling like, oh, no, I'm giving up, I'm doing less, to, wow, I get to spend all my time doing this thing that I love I get to spend this time going deep on these topics, on this work that is the most important and meaningful to me. I mean, it feels like it feels like your birthday and Christmas all wrapped into one, right? It's like, what a privilege to be able to spend some of your day or all of your working hours, if you can work into that, to just be focused on those things that are most meaningful to you. So when I had those, when I had was really clear on what that was, then it makes it feel like a gift to slow down. It's a treat. It's a present. It's a privilege because you get to spend your time on what's most important to you. 
But that's not to say that you're not going to have guilt come up, especially around obligations that involve other people. So there can be lots of guilt if you need to let go of certain roles that you play or obligations or organizations or social functions or, you know, different roles that you take on or even a whole job or something like that. You could have a lot of guilt around letting those go. And so, like I said, this takes time. Some people like to just wipe the slate clean and, you know, and start fresh. But for most of us, we have to slowly over time, every month or every two months, look at where can you let go of a bit more and where can you spend more of your time focused on the stuff that's most important to you. But we're talking about slowing down. And even without changing your work, changing your life, changing your schedule, changing your obligations, you can start slowing down right away. You can slow down today. You can slow down right now where you are. One of the biggest things for me for slowing down is turning off distractions. So turning off all the notifications, turning off all the screens, sometimes even just turning off the music, definitely turning off podcasts. I know you're listening to a podcast. Uh, I love podcasts. I love listening to music, but like just to turn everything off and just breathe and notice where you are. It's like mindfulness, right? So you can just slow down a meal if you have a meal with no distractions and sit there and just enjoy the silence and focus in on your food or enjoy the conversation with the person that you're eating with. You could very simply enjoy a cup of coffee and slow down your cup of coffee. So rather than having your cup of coffee while checking your email, while like watching the news or listening to a podcast, what if you just stop all those things and just have a cup of coffee, have a cup of tea, sit outside for five minutes? What about something even like slowing down your evening bedtime routine? So when you're washing your face and you're brushing your teeth, what if you just turn off all the distractions and dim the lights and just be present? Even like little five minute intervals of slowing down can help you feel more spacious and just more slow and present and grounded in your life. Um, and it can give you a taste of what that can be like. So I encourage you this week to try a slow experiment. Try a slow experiment with yourself. Do you feel an area of your life and work where you'd like to slow down? Then maybe you could play with that. Don't feel like you have to have it perfect. Just be like, what would it be like to turn off distractions and slow down and be more mindful? If you want to go deeper, then it could be really fun to start to dig into your values, your priorities, and look at what you're doing day to day and see, you know, are there some things that you could shift or let go of so that you could spend more time on those things that feel more deeply aligned for you? And if this has resonated with you, if you're a high achiever who has also had your own struggles with the idea of slowing down, if you're feeling called to slow down more, if you have um, other related topics or questions or a story to share, please reach out, send us an email. You can reach us at hello at amandacook.me. I'd love to hear from you and I might share some of your comments in a future episode. So that's it for me this week. Have a fantastic, slow, but mindful week. And I will see you back here in the next episode.